This morning I'm beginning a series of Lenten homilies in which we are invited to join Jesus' disciples on the road to Emmaus. We begin with Luke chapter 24, starting at verse 13. Now on that same day, two of them were going to a village called Emmaus, about seven miles from Jerusalem, and talking with each other about all these things that had happened. While they were talking and discussing, Jesus himself came near and went with them, but their eyes were kept from recognizing him. And he said to them, what are you discussing with each other while you walk along? They stood still, looking sad. Then one of them, whose name was Cleopas, answered him, are you the only stranger in Jerusalem who does not know the things that have taken place there in these days? He asked them, what things? They replied, the things about Jesus of Nazareth, who was a prophet, mighty in deed and word before God and all the people, and how our chief priests and leaders handed him over to be condemned to death and crucify him. But we had hoped he was the one to redeem Israel. The word of the Lord. Holy God, we ask that you would allow us, by your spirit, to find our way into this sacred narrative, that we too might encounter more of the hope of Christ than we know. We ask it in his name. Amen. Our text begins with two people who are walking away from a massive disappointment. They are on the road to Emmaus. One of them is named Cleopas. We don't know the name of the other person. It, it could be anybody. It could be you. They were followers of Jesus Christ. They had spent so much time behind him, watching him do the most miraculous things, healing the sick, feeding thousands of people, and teaching such prophetic words. But three days ago, they watched him get crucified in Jerusalem. And now all that is left is for the two of them to discuss their hurt and their grief as they make their way on the road to Emmaus. We don't know anything about Emmaus. We don't even know where it was. We don't know why these two are going there. Maybe they're just going home after watching Jesus die in Jerusalem. Or maybe they are afraid to be in Jerusalem and they have to get out of town. Oddly, the only thing that we do know about Emmaus is that the text tells us it was seven miles out of Jerusalem. As if that's the only important part. It's just not Jerusalem. It's not the place of hurt and disappointment. It's just far enough away to get away from that. Emmaus is the place you go when you've been disillusioned, when your hopes have died. 
It can be back home. It can be deeper into your work. Emmaus can be going to your friends, your, your counselor. It can be Netflix. It can be returning to the old addictions. It's usually not too far away, just far enough away from the hurt. Lent is a season in which we enter the long road for six weeks to focus on our life in Christ and what it really means to follow him. It began yesterday with Ash Wednesday when we confessed the hard truth about our lives. Not only the truth that we have sinned, but also that we have hurts and griefs and hopes and disappointments, and maybe even disappointments with the Savior. It's hard to be on this road to such deep truth-telling. It's one of the reasons why I think Lent has never really caught on in our society. Finally, there's a season that the church doesn't have to worry about being commercialized. When it comes to Lent, our society has said to the church, you can have it. But the question is, do we want it? Do we really want to walk down this road of telling the truth about hopes that have died and about our great disappointments in ourselves and in our community? And again, maybe even with Jesus. As they're making their way down the road, a third person comes alongside them. We're told that this person is Jesus, but the two disciples don't recognize him. One of the most striking things about the appearances of the risen Jesus is that he's so hard to recognize. Mary Magdalene thought he was just a cemetery gardener. Peter thought he was just a man on the shore asking about fish. Cleopas thought he was just a stranger on the road. And to this day, the risen Savior usually shows up as a stranger entering into a strange place. Maybe it is failure, something not familiar to you, something strange in your life. Or maybe the strange experience for you is the discovery of a disease, or maybe it is grief over the loss of a loved one or the relationship in your life that has unraveled. At times you handle this grief okay, you you feel like you're making some distance, you're heading down the road back to to being uh, whole again. But then out of the blue, another wave of grief washes over you and you, you think your heart's going to break in two. It is a strange thing, this grief. Now, to be clear, I'm not suggesting that Jesus causes any of these things any more than he caused his own death. 
but I am saying that the Savior enters into all of them. And as this text indicates, he's hard to recognize at first. Jesus asked the two travelers what it is that they're talking about. The text says they stood there looking sad. They stood still looking sad. Notice that Jesus doesn't keep them moving along, which is how we typically encourage people who are in grief. You got to get up, you got to keep moving. He lets them be still and sad. But then Cleopas says, are you the only stranger in Jerusalem who does not know the things that have taken place there these days? Jesus was crucified. Now Jerusalem was a pretty big town, especially during the festival seasons. So the chances are great that most of the people in the city missed the crucifixion of Jesus completely. But that's inconceivable to Cleopas, as it is to anyone in grief. It is just confusing, dismaying to those who are bereaved that life seems to go on for others. That people get up the next day and go to work that the world keeps spinning because it's not spinning for the bereaved, it's certainly not turning out of the dark. Cleopas continues, Jesus was mighty and word and deed. We had hoped he was the Messiah to redeem Israel. We had hoped. We had hoped. We all have hopes for what Jesus was supposed to do. We have hopes for what Jesus should be doing in our work and in our callings, in our health, in our relationships, and our dreams. And none of our hopes include a cross. But the hope Jesus brings comes to us after the cross, when a stranger begins to walk beside us in the midst of our grief. As more of this story unfolds, we will see that Jesus is about to reveal a death define hope we could never have imagined. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, amen.